Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. You don't often find clues to how to solve the world's problems behind your bedroom wall. But sometimes you get lucky. And sometimes you get termites. Termites actually showed up in my house. I lived in Berkeley, California at the time. They showed up in my apartment. You know, then the carpenter came and pulled the wall off, and I could actually see that they'd been eating right behind my bed. Lisa Marginelli is a writer who spent years studying the economics of oil. Then about a decade ago, she wrote an article about termites. And unexpectedly, she kind of fell in love with them. Until, all of a sudden, they were in her house, which might seem like it would kind of dampen the romance. I thought that was hilarious. And then I realized that something had happened to me and that maybe I had some kind of, you know, termite Stockholm syndrome or something where I sympathized with those who had captured me. Marganelli's admiration for her captors, or at least for her invaders, turned out to be more logical than you'd think. Though it's hard to imagine anyone caring much about termites besides entomologists and exterminators. Marganelli's work had led her to believe that termites were going to be crucial in addressing one of the biggest challenges that faces humans, global warming. Oh, and I should say, just to get it out of the way, termite experts do not think of the bugs primarily as house munchers. There's more than 3,000 different species of termites, and only 27 of them are invasive and eat houses. So our, our perception of what termites is is a little bit off. Marganelli has now spent years hobnobbing with termite researchers, visiting labs. She's written a new book called Underbug, an obsessive tale of termites and technology. And she's pretty much gone all in on the whole termite thing. And then they asked me if I wanted to go on a termite safari. (laughs) And who says no to that, really? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I joined them in Arizona um, hunting for termites out in the wild. And seeing the termites in the wild made me realize that this abstraction that we'd been talking about in the lab was really all around us and not an abstraction. It was really real. She discovered that if you pay attention to what termites are doing, you'll see that some are slacking off, some are working hard. You start to realize they've got memories and personalities and that thousands and millions of them working together almost act like a big brain. And termites aren't just hanging out in the desert or in grasslands. They don't just inhabit landscapes. They make them. And their power to change and heal dried-up, written-off spaces turns out to be kind of incredible, which is something we might want to keep in mind for the future. They're able to kind of blanket the land, and then they tend it in a way and fertilize it with their own feces and change the way the water gets stored and gets used. So they make places much more resilient to droughts. Hmm. They make places for lizards and spiders and birds to come. And then because those are there, other predators come for them. And then eventually the amount of sort of nitrogen-rich greenery brings the elephants who chomp away at the tops of the leaves and the trees. And so you have this whole sort of thing, landscape, built from below. So termites, it sounds like they make landscapes I don't know if this is not the scientific term, but more lush, basically. Yeah, yeah. And in patterns. And those patterns seem to help make things support more diversity. You, um, 
You talk about or you write about um, termites as a really interesting piece of global warming and like what termites are telling us right now about how the planet's changing. Um, Do you want to talk about that? So it used to be thought that that termites were causing global warming because they off-gassed so much methane, Mm. which is one of the things that they do when they eat wood. They create methane. It's now thought that they don't create nearly so much and that a lot of it ends up getting sort of sequestered underground in their nests. They reflect some other things, though. Well, one thing is, is that their ability to blanket landscapes and to create these hot spots of fertility all over them makes those landscapes much more resilient to drought. Does anybody actually ever release termites to, to fix up a landscape? Does that ever happen? Yes. Termites can be used to rejuvenate landscapes. One of the things that I got really excited about was I read some studies that had been done in Australia about using termites to restore landscapes that had been really dramatically mined for bauxite, which is used for aluminum. And when you mine the bauxite from land, you scrape off the first meter or so of land and you put it aside. And then you go down the next two meters and you scrape up all of the this sort of P-shaped bauxite ore. And then you sort of plop the dirt back mm. on a very hard-packed floor. And it's, never, it's not very good dirt to begin with. It's very fragile soil. So uh, the plan had been in the late... 60s had been to just put some fertilizer on this land and maybe grow okay. some trees or maybe grow some cows. Um, but it turned out that the land was actually owned by uh, an Aboriginal group called the Yongu. It was kind of removed from them by the government, but they insisted that if the land was needed to be restored to the original forest of eucalyptus. Okay. What happened was they ended up letting termites take over the landscape. And it turned out that there was sort of a bucket brigade of termites. There were 13 kinds of termites (laughs) came back into this landscape, one or two at a time. So at first there were some little grasses sprouting. There was a special little grass termite. And then as you got more brush, you got more of a brush termite. Then as you got eucalyptus, you got some other termites. And finally they had, uh, after 20 or so years, they had a whole forest regrown. Um, so that was really interesting, and that method has been used in other places. Hmm. So back to global warming. Um, does you know you talked about uh, termites? Obviously, like we're being able to restore our landscapes. Is that something that could help as more areas become like really dry because of global warming? Are termites starting to disappear from those areas? Just give me a sense of like, are they a indicator at all of what's happening? Can they be helpful? They're everything. They're, <laughs> they can be hurtful as the, as the climate changes. Okay. The more invasive termites spread further, and they're just chewing the heck out mm. of things. Also, the termites themselves are changing their own behavior in response to ours. So in the southeast of the U.S., two types of very invasive termites have started syncing up their reproductive cycle, and they've started hybridizing, and they have become far more aggressive than they were before. So these are the eating house termites? Yes, those are the eating house termites, huge colonies that grow very, very fast. They call them super termites. At the same time, in some places, as land gets farmed, the number of the variety of termites falls. Hmm. So you have fewer helpful termites. Researchers fly planes over places in South Africa, um, 
and they have tracked the kind of movement of the termite mounds that as the as the water available in these very dry landscapes changes, the termite mounds themselves seem to be moving into pathways that reflect the changed water. Mm. So the mounds can seem immovable. I mean, they're like, some of them are 15 feet high or or at least 12 feet Mm. high normally. And they're huge. They're massive. It takes, you know, it takes a big piece of heavy equipment to to knock them Mm -hmm. over. But they're slowly falling and being reassembled in ways that reflect these changing water patterns. Do you feel like now, after all this research and all these years spent, like, thinking about and and talking to scientists about termites, I mean, just give me a sense of how your view of them has changed and how you, your, what you think about them, like, in relation to us. Personally, termites gave me a whole way of looking at the world that was different than what I had before. Now I see the world as being assembled by tiny parts. Nothing is for granted. When I see a landscape, I think if I could see this like in a termite scale, I would see it all moving because bugs are carrying every grain of sand around me is being removed and and modeled and turned into some sort of useful bit of fertility. It's this kind of it's this mixture of chaos and organization at a very, very tiny scale that sort of really transforms how you look at almost everything. Lisa Marganelli is the author of Underbug, an obsessive tale of termites and technology. Lisa, thank you very much. Thank you. Roboticists are also super interested in termites and how they work as a group. More on that at facebook.com slash innovationhubradio.com. 